Before we get started, After the Monuments is proud to receive support from VCU Massey Cancer Center. Massey Cancer Center wants you to imagine a future without cancer. All it takes is one, a revolutionary idea, a promising clinical trial, or a new breakthrough. See how Massey is developing new approaches to prevent and treat cancer for every person in every community. Learn more about this future for everyone at MasseyCancerCenter.org. I'm Kelly Lemon. And I'm Michael Paul Williams. And welcome to the After the Monuments podcast, where we look at events and news about race in a historical context and see how, too often, history repeats itself. After the Monuments, real talk about race, Kelly Lemon, Michael Paul Williams. We're still here with Marlon Buckner. Marlon, we were talking about um, just your neighbors Mm -hmm. and how you were being neighborly Mm -hmm. as you were watching um, this all unfold in 2020. Yeah, I, I cannot say enough good things about the immediate, you know, our immediate neighbors and the and the community around us. It was, you know, I, I had gotten to know our neighbors in a in a sort of more in passing, and it was this that really kind of brought us together in in real community. And by real community, I mean that there was constant communication just to make sure people were okay and safe. I mean, keep in mind, right? Bullets were flying through people's windows yeah. and embedding themselves in walls. Like, people could have got killed. It's no joke. There was, in addition, though, to that kind of day-to-day <clears throat> tactical discussion and interaction, I mean, there was real soul-searching and, and a, 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 a real effort to be a part of a long-term, sustainable solution-slash-change program and that was that was incredibly incredibly gratifying and i would add i'd hasten to add that dynamic continues okay i was going to ask that dynamic continues that did that has not gone away okay were there i mean where did the conversations about what had happened to george floyd go and just the uh, the 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 injustice and 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 and, the same and, and the policing yeah and 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 how did they feel about what was happening to the monument in, yeah, in, in their... that that was a more um, that was a slightly more, but only slightly more complicated uh, issue, and and I, you know, only one of our neighbors with whom we had you know very you know robust very robust discussions, and he was like, well, I don't understand why, and he you know opened his you know he 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 was open to. You know, having the discussion, and we're kind of walking him through it, explaining you know <laughs> the lost cause, mm-hmm. the education system that flowed out of that, the Confederate catechism, and all this kind of foolishness, and and he like he didn't know. So he was puzzled that the rage mm-hmm. of the murder of George Floyd. No, that no 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 directed that was, toward the no, no that that wasn't that wasn't the the question. The question for him, the thing that he couldn't understand, was was, well, okay, yeah, I mean, I completely understand all that, and I, too, am, am outraged that this, this is horrible, but why, did, why does the monument have to come down? Okay. That, this, you see mm-hmm. the distinction? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we, we talked, and, and it was good. Were you the interim director of the, <laughs> the Black History Museum and Cultural Center of Virginia at the time that these discussions were taking place? Had that happened yet? It had not. Yeah. Okay. No. So did that change the dynamic at all once you assumed that position? Did the conversations change, or did they come to you as an authority? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it was, there was, um, there was real gratitude. Yeah, I'm, I'm pausing because I'm thinking about it. But yeah. there was real gratitude on the part of, of folks that I, you know, that I willingly did that, you know, pro bono for you know, seven months or however long it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were, and, and, and again, let me bring the content back. Um, the Black History Museum and the Valentine Museum mm-hmm. became property owners, correct? No. Okay. Tell no. me. Tell Here, us. Here's how. Here's what happened. Once the monuments came down, then yeah. At that time, the my objective was my objective was to ensure that the Black History Museum had legal ownership, took title to all of those. <clears throat> all of those monuments, and that is what happened. Mm-hmm. There, um, as part of that, I did two loan agreements. The first was with <clears throat> Bill Martin at the Ballantine, on whose board I sit, mm-hmm. and the second was with Hamza Walker at LAX, LAX Art. Okay. So those two loan agreements were were in process and signed, um, and that's as much as has happened with um, with the physical artifacts to date. In those conversations of like making sure that the ownership came mm-hmm. to Black History Museum yeah. and um, and then off on loan, who was in the room? Who? How were those discussions happening? And and what kind of you know like what kind of pushback, especially from the the I guess the families and also the the daughters of the Confederate, like all of those that didn't want the statues not to be taken down and, and given into any other ownership. Oh. Were there, how were those conversations? Those, there, there, there weren't any. Okay. okay. I, the biggest problem I had was with black folks. Mm. So, yeah. You performed and, and the Black History Museum in, in conjunction with you, mm-hmm. something thought unimaginable. Yeah. You've brought Saad Alameen and Doug Wilder into a state of agreement. Ooh, congratulations. Say more. (laughs) (laughs) They both Uh are not happy Uh that um, the Black History Museum is essentially um, in in stewardship Uh of of these monuments. Right. Um, And? Saad, in particular, took issue with the process, um, saying it was less than transparent, rushed, um, that the museum was given no money to do this task, et cetera. That's not true. Um, you say a lot of the, you know, a lot of black folks are in their feelings yeah, right, about, yeah. about mm-hmm. this. Does that surprise you? No, no, and no. how would you respond uh, to the idea, the, their argument that mm-hmm. why should we take on this burden? You know, these, yeah. these symbols of oppression and racism, mm-hmm. why is it left to us to dispose of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and my response then and now was, was simple and twofold. Number one, In taking title of those monuments, we are completing the argument that Mitchell made when he said a black man will take them down. Mm. We're completing that argument. We are the decision makers now. We decide what will happen with those grand artifacts of and to American apartheid. We'll decide. Ownership has its privileges. You see, I'm getting a little wound up about mm-hmm. That's point number one, okay? That's the moral argument. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a problem with that, I don't care. Mm-hmm. The deal's done. Mm-hmm. The second point I would make 
And it was frankly a more tactical, institutional point. But I could see a very clear path, and still can, to leveraging those artifacts in a way that would allow for the long-term economic, not just viability, but sustainability and thriving of black organizations. How, you ask? Well, it's immaterial at this point. But I had a plan, and in part, the Mellon Grant that I started working on that resulted in the city getting, the city alone getting $11 million, along with five other Richmond organizations, was essential. Had we not done that deal, we would have been in a very, very different position mm -hmm. in our efforts to secure Mellon funds. So that's my response. But I'm delighted that the governor and his friends are in agreement about something. <laughs> <laughs> so now that you are no longer affiliated with the museum, uh -huh. I, I, you should be able to speak freely. What would you like to see happen to the monuments? You should follow my plan. And your plan is? My plan is, was, and, and I think when I say should be followed, I think that there is a wonderful opportunity for, to bring a cross-sector group together to use these artifacts as they will be in, in the LAX art and as they are being in the Valentine, to use these, art, to use these artifacts not just as, as tools for education, but as catalysts for new and different ways for us to understand how the arts and culture can function as a tool for economic and social benefit in the community. And I know that people would immediately say, well, you're, so really, you're going to take these grand artifacts to American apartheid and somehow turn them into, a, into like a catalyst for good? Yeah. Go see what's happening at the Ballantyne. Mm -hmm. Go see what's happening at LAXR. Now, I know, and, I know how the Valentine is treated, yeah. the Jefferson Davis statue. Right, what, yeah. What's happening in L.A.? What, the they haven't, well, they're, 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 building the, they're building the exhibit, so it's not, it hasn't opened yet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're, we have a, kind of a pretty good sense, and it's going to be comprehensive, going to national in scope. So they've got loan agreements, you know, for, for monuments from across, from across the country. Nope. How does a loan agreement work with museums? And oh, does an oh, institution like the Black History Museum accrue any sort of economic benefit from loaning out? Um, as a mechanical, well, let me simply say that because Bill Martin has forgotten more about loan agreements than I'm ever going to know, <laughs> you should just ask him. <laughs> okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back from answering the, the, the technical aspects of that question because uh, I am not... I am not now, nor was I ever a museum professional per se. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that, as I said, I think if we begin to think creatively and partner more expansively, we can use these artifacts and should use these artifacts as tools for economic and social benefit. Mm -hmm. We gotta flip the script on these things, mm. right? These were the symbols of oppression. We now need to turn them, at, we, we, need to, we need to use these things to create opportunity. That's what we've got to do. What would you say, you say you've gotten a lot of pushback from black folks. Mm -hmm. What would you say to their argument that, okay, that's fine, says you, yeah. says Bill Martin, says LaVar Story, 
Stoney, rather, the mayor of Richmond, but we should have had more of a say. And this may not necessarily be the direction we wanted to go in. And this should have been our decision. How, what would you say to them? How would you have how would you have executed that decision-making process in a manner that wouldn't have taken until the end of time for us to come to a decision? Democracy's messy and not always efficient. <laughs> well, and it wasn't, the, you know, democracy is how we elect officials. It's not necessarily how we dispose of monuments. Poor take Well, now, let's get back into the monuments some more as we pause on that one. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this. I, okay. wanted, I wanted to ask a, a, a few yeah. moments ago. Sure. When were you watching when they took down the Lee Monument? Oh, uh, yeah. I was on the roof of my house. Mm. What, how, how were you and your neighbors processing that, 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 the moment of final removal? I cried like a baby. Did you? Yeah. Tears of joy. Couldn't okay. believe it. It was, wow. I, it was the second strongest emotional reaction to I've had to a public event, um, second only to the election of Barack Obama. Wow. How did you, and I haven't on my birthday, do I bawled my eyes out. <laughs> how did your neighbors process it? Were they crying for different reasons? Or <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they were like, they're all, everyone was like standing out there cheering. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened. How do you feel about the what seems to be a semi-permanent barrier that's been erected around the circle. Um, since what would you the like removal. to see there? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I've learned living there now day to day for seven years is that, you know, notwithstanding people's kind of feeling state about that space, it's a traffic circle. <laughs> it's a traffic circle. Mm -hmm. And people come around that corner at 40, and I'm telling you, at 40 and 50 miles an hour, that area, in my, in my humble opinion, needs to be closely planted and landscaped and treated like the traffic circle that it is. If it becomes, if it becomes a locus for a lot of people to like walk around and come, somebody's going to get killed. I'm telling you, mm. it will not end well. If that if that is turned into anything other than what its practical application actually is, somebody gonna die. Mm. And then we'll all be like, oh my God, how did this happen? Well, I'll tell you how it happened, because we did something stupid and turned it into something that it shouldn't have been. Okay, so you, you believe it is not a natural place of congregation? Absolutely not. <clears throat> Come sit on my porch and look at the traffic patterns for a day, and you will see what I mean. I will admit, I didn't, I didn't like going over there. I didn't, I mean, not because of the monument, but because mm -hmm. of that. I just, I just felt like I was, it was unsafe, period. It yeah, it was, <laughs> I, and, I, and I watched it from afar. It like, I stayed in my car yeah. and, and kept going because it just didn't feel safe, regardless of the activity that was going on right there. How do you create, landscaping to me seems like, both an obvious answer and maybe a too pat and, and unimaginative an answer. Potentially. Same how, do you, how do you create uh -huh. a space that's not necessarily about the congregation of humans, but a uh -huh. space that has welcoming energy yeah. oh, great in question. a way that yeah. the Lee Monument yeah. never did? I love mm -hmm. that formulation. Mm -hmm. I love that formulation. And I think, I think that's, that's the, the, that should be the animating 
the animating question. So on that, again, people far, far better than I, I'd ask that question of Thomas Woltz. Ask that question of the great American, global great landscape architects. Because there is, there, look, there is a practical public safety element to this. There is also the element that you just described and framed, Michael Paul. And I think, I think the, the best minds can find the answer to that. But I love the way you framed the question. I want to talk about the future of monuments, or in, in general. We, we, we were on a panel together um, and, and just looking at how do we move forward with the monuments that we are putting up now? Mm. Um, how mm -hmm. are we looking at them more than structures? Yeah. Um, in, in, this, in the same tone of those monuments having to come down, mm -hmm. there, are, there are some that are coming up that some people are like, mm, mm -hmm. you know, was was that right? Was that it? Mm -hmm. Take an example: the, the the monument that is now up in um, dedication to Dr. Martin Luther King and uh, Coretta Scott King, and mm -hmm. um, right, yeah. how you know people yeah. are up in arms about that. So also, the <laughs> no, no pun intended. Also, you know, there is. There's some different energy about the one that is on Browns Island mm -hmm. um, with the chains. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. There's some black people who are like, we're tired of being in chains. Why are all of our monuments still, you know, placing us in chains? And well, is a, is the, a monument. The chains are broken. They are, but, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. but yeah. are we ever going to look happy? Are we ever going to look like, you know, you know, we, we yeah. are. Maggie Walker statue, you know, Mother Maggie statue is amazing. Bilbo Jangles Robinson statue is yep. amazing. Yeah. Ken Day Wiley statue, mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. Three major, yep. I mean, three very different statues in this city that mm -hmm. celebrate mm -hmm. us. Yeah. How should we be looking at monuments moving forward? That's, a, again, a really, really good question. I think I, I tend to, and I may offer a, an entirely unsatisfactory response to your question, and it's not because I'm dodging it, but it's because I, I I've begun to think about that question somewhat differently than, than I did even a few years ago. I think if you pull back and you ask yourself, what, what are the monuments, what, are, what remaining monuments, literal or figurative, need to, need to come down or need to be removed, need to be transformed? Those physical artifacts, as I said, or the, the grand artistic achievement of American apartheid. But everything that those monuments, and at exactly the same time, all that, the entire infrastructure that those were designed to support from an arts and culture perspective, hadn't really changed that much. And you know this better than anybody. So the monument that is our failing education, especially for black kids in this country, the monument mm. that is a failing healthcare system mm. for black folks in this country, the monument that is a failed workforce development and economic opportunity system for black folks in this country, those are the monuments. Yeah. Those are the, the political and the social infrastructure that reflect those grand artistic achievements of American apartheid. So when I answer the question, when I start thinking about the question, Kelly, that you asked, I begin to think an awful lot more about the ways in which we can continue monument removal by tearing at the systems, structures, and processes that those monuments 
helped to create. Mm -hmm. How do we create? Because monuments, I do think, do have an important role. Physical, you mean the physical, yes, spatial yes, artifacts? Yes, yes. What the, ar the, ar the artifacts you spoke of mm -hmm. were aspirational. The aspiration was effed up, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they were aspirational. Yeah. How do we, we create monuments with uh -huh. a different kind of aspiration mm -hmm. that can direct us mm -hmm. forward mm -hmm. in a way that's diametrically opposed mm -hmm. to the American apartheid that mm -hmm. you, you speak of? Yeah. Yeah. How do we? How, how, yeah. How, yeah. How do we create a compass? Yeah. A literal physical compass. Yeah. To direct us mm -hmm. in yeah. a direction that's frankly oppositional to mm -hmm. American history itself yeah. and yeah. and the foundational mm -hmm. American experience. Well, I think, and I'm. I'm and I'm not trying to outsource responsibility for the answer to your question. <laughs> to those. But, I, but look, you mentioned Kehinde Wiley. Mm -hmm. there, there are, of course, there are, of course, many, many others. Which is bro a brilliant, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just a brilliant yeah. statue. Um, I think that we are best served by we're best served by working to kind of take that that big and very amorphous challenge that you've just that you've just put and to kind of disaggregate it a little bit. And and I think in Richmond, I think we have the opportunity, <clears throat> arguably unique in America, to to bring people together to continue these conversations, which was part of what, you know, and as Bill has, Bill Martin has said, like we got to kind of got to take a breather, and then, you know, they did the 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 online tool to create a community feedback process and so forth. I do think that those those processes do need more uh, more time to to ripen. I think the issues are still pretty raw, um, but I think in in so doing, and this is where I think Shaka was a wonderful opportunity. You know, in so doing, I think we can begin to iteratively answer the questions, answer the question that you asked. But here's what I know is not going to happen. It's not going to be a one, you know, a one-shot fix. It isn't going to be a one-off deal and then we're all happy. This is going to be, because part of what we're doing is we're, as you said earlier, right? I mean, we're having to take apart brick by brick and, and piece by piece an edifice that was constructed over centuries, that ain't gonna happen in our, I mean, it, pro, it will not happen in our lifetimes. But if we set the course, a la your compass metaphor, then over the course of generations, we will, we will get to a place where our artistic achievements in public reflect this, the, the core values of, of democratic culture, which are tolerance, pluralism, and I might add, the rule of law. Talk a little bit more about Shaco. I mean, you said it, but you mm -hmm. kind of glossed over it. And again, those that aren't from Richmond and we're, you know, national platform, can, mm -hmm. you, can, you, can you explain what that means when you say Shaco? Sure. Well, I'm, a, I'm about to engage in a, in a blatant act of cultural appropriation. And by that, I mean everything that I'm about to say, I learned from 
Ben Campbell and <laughs> Dolores McQuinn <laughs> and other folks. So nothing. This is not original. <laughs> but the bottom line is that that the the, the, the area kind of in question, Shockley Bottom, really is sort of the in many ways was the was the the the, the economic ep- epicenter for the domestic slave trade, and Richmond was critical, played the critical role in that domestic slave trade. In other words, we were the place, this city was the place where black people came to get sold, got sold from, and then went off into the, into the, into the, the new slave states, so-called. This happened in the, in the geography known as, 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 as Shaco, and in particular Lumpkin's Jail, which is a, a site um, that has seen some archaeological work done about it, is a, is a core piece that we, need to, that we need to recover. But the reason that I think this is such an important endeavor is not just because we were successful in getting an $11 million grant from the Mellon Foundation, the largest they've given in, in the country. Mm. It is because I think it gives us the opportunity, and Michael Paul, you and I have talked about this a little bit, it gives us an opportunity to, to, to do and to begin to answer the question that you asked previously, and it is to center this place of trauma and in beginning to create physical and intellectual infrastructure around this, around this site, we can begin to reorder our thinking about the way the city fits together mm-hmm. and we can begin to knit together these cultural assets, which are extraordinary, extraordinary. We can begin to knit those together in a way that will allow us to do the work iteratively, as I said a moment ago, to solve for the question that you asked which is how do we, in effect, create a new model of public, of, of public art that, that celebrates and does not oppress. Yeah. This is, it's, it's essential that we get this right. It is essential that we get this right. Um, and I think it can have, I think it can represent the next step in the way that Richmond thinks about using the arts and culture, its arts and culture resources for social and economic benefit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was recently told you can't just develop over hurt. You can't, you know, in that area, it seems like it has not reached its full potential because no one has made sure that the things that have happened there have been recognized and... We've got to go down 14 feet first. Mm. We have to unearth, we have to excavate. Right? That is that is literally an archaeology an yeah. archaeological undertaking, but it's also I think a moral undertaking. We yeah. have to we have to excavate. Yeah. And I think those two things taken in tandem when done smartly at that place could be of truly global consequence. I believe that. What are you looking forward to in twenty twenty three, whether it be from, you know, your work that you're doing already or and or any upcoming work? Um, whether or not it's around monuments or not, um, you know what what are, what are you looking forward to, and 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 what what can we be excited about? Sure, yeah, and you know my wife would say so. You're asking the congenital pessimist in the family what we can be excited <laughs> about, but yeah, I know. I'll tell you. Look, I'll tell you what I think. I'm exci- what excites me. What I get up every day and really am 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 dialed into, and that is the ways in which we can work together to create black-led, black-owned, black-centered 
social and economic benefit. So that means identifying ways as we are in bridging Virginia to help black businesses get access to capital. That means working with our school system to get kids earlier and more often the tutoring and, 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 and the support as communities in schools does. It means, as I said earlier, working to, to attack our, our housing crisis and thinking smartly about big deals that can be done, potentially transformative deals that can be done, like the one that's going to be undertaken at Oak Grove, at the abandoned Oak Grove Elementary. These are the things that excite me. The, the, the ways in which we can come together and be creative, expansive, disciplined, so that we can drive social and, and economic benefit, certainly for black folks, but for the community as a whole. That's what gets me out of bed every day. Mm. Well. You have named every topic that we cover <laughs> right here on After the Monuments. Thank you for joining us today. This was, uh, we got in it and we got out of it really, really, really quickly. So thank you, Marlon. And hopefully we can bring you back. And as things start to, you know, uh, progress a little bit, um, would love to bring you back on so we can see where, where you are now and, and, and how far we have come maybe next year. <laughs> thank you both for the amazing work that you do individually and and together. Thanks for having right. me. Appreciate Thanks for coming. You, Appreciate yeah. Once again, thank you for joining us for another After the Monuments episode. Michael Paul Williams, Kelly Lemon, this was a real talk about race. Don't forget to check out Michael Paul's columns at richmond.com and also in print with the Richmond Times Dispatch. We'll talk to y'all next time. After the Monuments is a Virginia Video Network production and produced by Matt Pacilli, Michael Paul Williams, and me, Kelly Lemon. Technical direction and editing from Bill Barksdale, Executive production from Paul Farrell, Diane Salvatore, and Paige Mudd. Will Royer provides studio support. Our artwork is by Krishna Mathis. I'm Kelly Lemon, and we'll see you next week on After the Monuments. Huge thanks to Massey Cancer Center for being our After the Monuments sponsor.